my level of concern on Sam Horn possibly playing pro baseball is rising just a little bit, and so is my concern level on a position group for the Tiger football team. Plus, Western Kentucky center Jamarian Sharp has entered the transfer portal. I've got more updates on the portal, some possibilities for the Tigers, and also Asia Blackwell finds her final destination as well. All this and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks so much for listening as per usual, and thanks for telling a friend we are available on all platforms and free on all platforms, including the good and glorious YouTube. So you know what? We got a bunch to get to today, and we're going to start with my level of concern. And yes, I told you my level of concern, but you walked by like you've never heard. Okay, I'll stop singing lest we get a copyright violation from YouTube. But in all seriousness, Sam Horn, I was saying for the past few episodes that, you know what, while MLB.com, among other places, are starting to recognize Sam Horn's high upside as a starting pitcher or possibly a relief pitcher as well, but just a hurler at the major league level. Well, I was still thinking that the odds are that kid is probably going to play football for the Tigers. And I still think that's going to be the case if I had to bet on it. But again, my level of concern is starting to rise a little bit. And a lot of that has to do with Eli Drinkwitz and his comments. And not only his comments, his actions as well, I'm starting to realize that, hey, you know what? Most teams aren't going to carry four scholarship quarterbacks unless they have a pretty good reason to do so. And I'm starting to just realize that Eli Drinkwitz, you just start to look at his comments and he's saying, hey, we're, we're, we're in contact with Sam all the time. We're, we're talking to him about his potential future and basically, hey, we hope Missouri wins the day. That's all well and good, and he's taking a positive attitude toward the whole thing, he being Eli Drinkwitz, but at the same time, that's not exactly a full-throated endorsement of him coming to Missouri. So it seems like his level of concern is rising a little bit, and I guess mine has to be too, especially when, I got to admit, I just sort of ran with the 880000 that ballpark, the number for the signing bonus at the 71st overall pick got last season. Well, obviously, even if Horn goes literally 71st overall, there's a chance that whoever takes him with that pick is going to want him to play baseball. Obviously, you're not just going to waste a early third round, possibly late second round type compensatory draft pick on a kid that you're just going to expect to go back to Missouri. So in this new name, image, and likeness world environment, you know you're going to take a kid that high who's going to play football potentially, well, you're going to have to throw out some more money than that. What if it is one and a half million bucks? What if it's three million bucks? Well, quite honestly, if it gets to that point in terms of a signing bonus for Horn, I'm pretty certain that Missouri can't compete with that. Whatever name, image, and likeness infrastructure 
has been laid at this point very early in this process. I just don't see how Missouri can possibly compete with that. You hear about rumors and and, and words through the grapevine that there are certain high-level athletes that are getting, indeed, seven-figure endorsements for NIL, if you want to call them endorsements, deals, whatever it's called at this point, contracts, although it's not much of a contract if there's no real agreement on the other end, but that's a whole other topic. My point here is that if Sam Horn is going to decide between going to Missouri and playing football, playing baseball, having to calculate the amount of NIL money he's getting versus, hey, $880,000, well, maybe that's a question because there is a lifestyle question there for sure. Minor league baseball, riding on a bus to Peoria, for instance, versus actually staying on a big-time college campus. Well, to me, being on a college campus, all things being equal, is a lot more fun. But again, if that money is really real, that that's a scary proposition. You just have to wonder, if you're a major league club and you're going to waste, again, I shouldn't say waste, you're going to use a, a possible late second, early third round pick, if we can believe Sam Horn's rankings by MLB.com right now, well, you've got to ask yourself, do I want to use this pick? Because it will become wasted if he decides to go to Missouri. Because again, you got three years then that Horn would have to wait before he could be MLB draft eligible again. And that team that picked him would not retain his rights. So if you are that team, if you're in the 2022 draft, you're analyzing Horn's prospects, maybe he is the 71st best prospect Overall, just in terms of pure ability, but most of those guys don't have the options he has. Most of them don't have a potential career as an NFL quarterback. Again, potential. At this point, who knows how good Horn will be as a college quarterback, assuming he gets to Missouri, but just the fact that he has options has to make you pause. So if you're a Missouri fan, that should give you a little bit more optimism, but just reading between the lines with Drinkwitz a little bit, I have to admit. This isn't as much of a a home run as I thought that Horn is going to definitely be in college this fall. Now, speaking of encouraging, it was certainly nice to see the Missouri passing game look very explosive in the spring game about a month ago. But obviously, you have to note that, hey, Missouri's defense was very, very thin that day on both sides of the ball five of maybe a half dozen of your most important defenders sat out that game, including Trey John Jeffcoat, Martez Manuel, Jalen Carlisle. Really, Isaiah McGuire was probably the only, which you would consider top defender for Missouri that was in that game. But at the same time, it was still nice to see Brady Cook, Tyler Macon be able to move the ball downfield, especially with Luther Burden, Chance Looper, Makai Miller, All these different players, even J.J. Hester caught one deep downfield before entering his name into the transfer portal. But one thing we didn't get to see put on display, and again, my level of concern starting to rise a little bit more for the tight end position. And this is something that I've pointed out before. So far during Drinkwitz's three years as a head coach, there is no evidence that he uses the tight end very often in the passing game whatsoever. 
In fact, Daniel Parker Jr. was basically a sixth offensive lineman at times during his career. And perhaps maybe that was one of the reasons he decided to take his talents to Norman, Oklahoma. And you know what? Again, going back to the spring game, that position was invisible once again. I think one catch for three yards from the entire position group. And you know what? Ryan Horstcamp is a kid that I really liked from Washington, Missouri, coming out of high school. Obviously, there's been no evidence that he's going to be involved in the passing game yet. Little bit of action, especially last season, especially in the Armed Forces Bowl when Nico Hay sat out and, and a bunch of Missouri's tight end depth was challenged in that football game. So I was just kind of wanting to see maybe either him, Gavin McKay, somebody on the roster step up and be a threat in the passing game because for as much as, for the most part, I think Eli Drinkwitz builds a a really interesting offense, I think the lack of a passing threat there really hurts the offense's flexibility because if you're going to run that outside zone running game, and by the way, Missouri would frequently run that play right to Daniel Parker Jr.'s side. Well, if he's going to be your road-grading lead blocker on the outside to set the edge on a lot of those plays, well, it's going to be really helpful at the very least if you can play action pass, if you can fake that outside zone occasionally and just give him a little quick hitter down the middle of the field. But that just seems to be an area of the field, the sort of close, intermediate part of the middle of the field that Drinkwitz just doesn't really want to attack with the tight end position, number one, which is surprising to me because especially with the play-action game, that's a really, really tough thing to to defend in the middle of the field for any off-ball linebacker. And that's something that is going to always be true in football. That's been true in football, by the way. The idea that it's hard to defend the tight end in the play-action game That's been true for as long as I've been a football fan, and it will continue to be true as far as I can tell. So to me, Drinkwitz, I'm I'm becoming a little bit concerned that he's just the tight end game in terms of the passing game just seems to be a complete afterthought in his offense. And coming up, let's move to the hardwood for a little bit. Western Kentucky center Jamarion Sharp has entered the transfer portal. I really think he could be a perfect addition to Missouri's team next year. Also, Asia Blackwell has decided where she's going to finish out her career, and we'll talk about that right after these quick messages. Thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day, and thanks for telling a friend about this here program. I surely do appreciate it. But you know what? Western Kentucky center Jamarian Sharp, again, officially enter, has entered the, the transfer portal. Excuse me. A lot of chatter about him coming to Missouri potentially. And, well, the, the dots are pretty easy to connect there. Dennis Gates hired Kyle Smith-Peters, who was Sharp's coach for two seasons at John Logan College before Sharp played his one season this past year at Western Kentucky. And, as I said before, that resulted in Sharp leading the entire country in blocks per game, just ahead of of Auburn's Walker Kessler, who Missouri fans are are probably familiar with, if you remember that exciting Missouri Auburn game from this past season. So, just defensively, that might give you a decent idea of what Sharp is like as a player. Although he's actually much bigger 
than Walker Kessler at seven feet five. Also, not the offensive player that Kessler is, to be fair, though. Again, a guy sharp is a guy who's very effective at what he does and doesn't really go outside of it offensively. He's going to catch balls near the basket and dunk them home. That's basically his offense. And hopefully he doesn't get fouled while he's doing it because while he made 71% of his two-pointers last season, he also made about 38% of his free throws. And again, if you can find me a reverse spread on field goal versus free throw percentage that's ever been bigger than that in the history of basketball, well, I would like to see it. So, While Jamarion Sharp, if Missouri does indeed get him, still a long way to go here, I guess, in this process of that being official. And also we've heard word that a couple of possible big NIL players in Louisville and Memphis could be in the mix. So let's stay tuned there on Jamarion Sharp. Obviously another couple programs that are in the western Kentucky area. By the way, Jamarion Sharp grew up in that area as well and grew up as a Western Kentucky fan. So you would think if he's going to leave that school after one year, he'd have a good reason for doing so. Let's hope that that reason is Kyle Smith-Peters and and Dennis Gates as well. But the thing is about Sharp, again, going back to his offensive game, well, kind of like the Tigers in general. You look at this brand new roster, at least on paper, I still have a lot of questions about it offensively. Do we have enough ball handling? Do we have enough shooting? Those are my two biggest concerns at this point about the Tigers offensively. And Jamarian Sharp, well, he obviously wouldn't solve any of those problems. But here's what he would do. Again, looking at that roster, how it's constructed now, you put Sharp on this roster, a guy who is an absolute elite rim protector and shot blocker, seven feet five, I think you're looking at an elite top 10 nationally defense for Missouri next season, quite possibly if Sharp comes to this roster. Because again, you look at what Gates has built. You look at the type of defense that Florida State plays. You look at how Charlton Young and and Gates, the type of roster with the amount of length that they've put in here, and guys like Trey Gomillion, he's he's going to be more of a defensive specialist than a guy who is who is focusing on offense. And I think you look at the roster, I think that's the way this roster is leaning. It's definitely toward that side of the ball. But to me, you get Jamarian Sharp, and the whole defense starts to fall into place in a really, really serious way to where all of a sudden, I think this is a bubble team at the very least. If you got an elite defensive team, frankly, you're probably in the NCAA tournament more often than not. How many top 10 teams nationally, especially if you're ranking that in a high major conference, are not going to make the big dance? I don't have those numbers for you right in front of me, but just saying that out loud, it can't be very many, can it? So again, keep an eye on Jamarian Sharp. If Missouri gets him, that would be one hell of a coup for Dennis Gates and company. And like the football team at this moment, at least of this recording, right? Things change all the time these days. But as of this very moment, like the football squad, the basketball team has two open spots for next season. Again, hopefully one will be Jamarian Sharp. But who else could the Tigers potentially be looking to add? I want to talk about that going forward. But first, let's talk about betonline.net, your number one source for all your sports 
and betting needs. Frankly, it's the time of year where you gotta love sports betting. There's just so much happening. The Kentucky Derby is coming up. Of course, Major League Baseball. Hey, I'm actually going to be attending the Kansas City and St. Louis ball game this evening. And well, let's check out our line here. Let's see. Okay, we got Dakota Hudson, a slight minus 113 favorite on the road in Kansas City. Brad Keller getting the ball for your Royals. They're slight underdogs, plus 103. I don't have any strong takes there, but just wanted to give you those odds. The run total, 7.5, if that means anything to you. It's going to be a cold night. I think, if anything, I'd go under the 7.5, although you're going to have to give a little juice there. But regardless of what you're into, whether it is baseball, whether it is the Kentucky Derby, NBA playoffs, boxing, a million other different options, head to betonline.net to learn about it all. Find the props you're into. You're going to love it at Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, we've talked about Blair Oaks basketball prospect and Missouri player of the year, Luke Northweather, quite a bit on this show. Obviously, him leaving and going to Oklahoma, spurning a late offer by the Tigers has caused some Missouri fans some consternation, and understandably so. I think some of that probably has to do with the pair of of Rockbridge guys from the past couple years who ended up not really being recruited by Conzo Martin and the Tigers. So obviously some some fans are a little bit worried that history is going to repeat itself in not such a great way. Well, again, a couple of those Rockbridge guys, one was Dewan Harris, who ended up at Kansas eventually. Obviously, they won the title this past season. <sighs> okay, I'm back. But also, there's Missouri State guard and Rockbridge alum Isaiah Mosley. He was a 20-point-per-game scorer in the Missouri Valley Conference, and he's entered the transfer portal. So if you're a Missouri fan, you might be thinking, ooh, We might actually get a reprieve here. Hey, a perimeter shooter and scorer, that sounds like somebody we could use. I would definitely take him along with Jamarian Sharp, wouldn't you? Well, unfortunately, Mizzou ain't happening, according to his initial list of suitors. So I'm sure that the Tigers and Dennis Gates reached out, but it just sounds like that wasn't a fit for Isaiah Mosley for whatever reason. And frankly, a reunion with his former Rockbridge teammate, Dewan Harris at Kansas is sounding like a pretty strong possibility, but also I think there's a decent possibility he could go pro as well. I almost would think if I'm Isaiah Mosley and I've sort of shown some pro ability, maybe I want to just go now at, at the risk of possibly being slightly I don't want to say exposed, but just overanalyzed maybe even at the at the high major level. I don't know, just something to think about for that young man for sure. And finally, we've talked about Asia Blackwell so much on this program the last couple months or so that I feel like I'd be remiss, even though you all have surely heard this news at this point, if I didn't at least acknowledge that Blackwell is transferring to Baylor, which obviously is a much better women's basketball program than Missouri. But at the same time, this is this is to me a different situation than, say, the Trevin Brazil situation where obviously he probably got a decent amount of money 
to transfer to Arkansas via name, image, and likeness. And also, well, clearly, he transferred up programs as well. I hate to say it. Missouri hasn't been so hot lately. And meanwhile, Arkansas has been to back-to-back elite eights, I, I do believe, unless I'm mistaken there. I know they made it this past season. But it's not as though Blackwell is getting an enormous bag of money to transfer down to Waco, Texas, a place where, ironically, the cannabis laws are are much more stringent, I do believe. But regardless, back to the point here, this was a colossal mismanagement by Robin Pinchton and one that might ultimately cost her her job because this is a really, really important season next year for Pinchton because... Well, obviously, the previous two years, despite having what I thought was some pretty good talent overall, especially high-end talent, including Blackwell, including Haley Frank and and Lauren Hansen on the Missouri roster, Tigers have just underachieved, especially the previous two seasons. This past year, the team was, was up and down and obviously right on the bubble until the very end of the season, and well... We don't need to recap this over and over again, but just quickly, Blackwell obviously got in trouble for marijuana possession, was suspended, and then come the SEC tournament, well, it was decided by Robin Pinchton that, well, a suspension for one game, apparently that wasn't good enough. I need to sort of half suspend her for this very important Arkansas game, by the way, that in retrospect... Missouri needed to win to make the NCAA tournament, and if they'd have won that game, I think there's a decent shot, certainly a better shot, that they would have made the field of of 64, 68, whatever it is in the women's field. Do they do play-in games? I don't even know. But I digress there for a minute. Again, the point is, Robin Pinchton cut off her nose to spite her face there. She punished Blackwell. Okay, fine. She broke the rules. There are school rules, there are team rules, and she didn't follow them. She got punished. Fine. Well, guess what? In that Arkansas game when you decided to only play her for 15 minutes or whatever it was instead of her usual load of 30 to 35, well, all you did was punish the rest of the gals on the team because I'm pretty sure all of them would have liked to have had that March experience. The NIT, it's just not the same thing. And Missouri flamed out. In that NIT, by the way, perhaps lacking a little bit of motivation, perhaps being a little bit heartbroken. And if they were, I can't blame them because, I'll be honest, their coach just didn't do them any favors there at the end of the season. And especially for a gal like Asia Blackwell, who obviously very much wanted to come to Missouri and wanted to wear her late father's jersey number, 33, a number that was retired previously she got permission from from the lady whose number was retired and you know all this all this stuff all this show of of love from Missouri and everything and and yet I don't know I just I, I just wonder if Blackwell felt a little bit stabbed in the back there at the end and on some level I guess I can't totally blame her you know the the, the loyalty just seemed to sort of go out the window again she was punished she messed up and that should have been that. To me, the further punishment and just the the line of reasoning by Pinchton that, oh, well, you know, this isn't fair to the rest of the girls and we've been practicing for a week without Asia, so this might mess up our, our rhythm and flow. That just didn't make any sense because the rhythm that they had established 
was established throughout the the previous four months of the season, not a week of practice. And during that, the majority of that season, the bulk of that season, well, guess what? Asia Blackwell was one of the most important players on that team, if not the most important player. So Robin Pinchton, hey, you proved a point, I guess, and well, it might end up costing you next season. But with all that being said, thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on the SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Locked on Mizzou.